0: This is take three, believe it or not. And this janky little podcast requires me to do three takes of an opening because I can't remember where I left off the last time. Anyway, my name's Kevin Bay. This is the "That's All I Got" podcast, a podcast where I just kind of cover what uh, I blogged over the past week on my blog kevinbay.com last name is spelled and boy a e you don't know how many times i've had to say that over the years everywhere um going to school i uh, you know i grew up in the late 60s um you know and all through the 70s that's when i was that's when i was in elementary school and every time uh, i go to a, get to a new teacher or somebody new who's never read my name for some unknown reason they would pronounce it by. It's spelled B as in boy, A-E. It's a Korean last name, and uh, Koreans pronounce it something like "ba," almost like a sheep sound, you know, "ba." But in English, uh, B-A-E would be pronounced "bay," and that's always the way that we pronounced it. But for some reason, Americans, when they look at that B-A-E, they get totally confused by it, not that I'm not an American. I was born in Chicago, uh, but they get confused by it. and They say "bye" every single time. It, it's it's incredible. Anyway, uh, first story I've got here is uh, it's from the New York Times. I had a, I had stuff from the New York Times a lot the last couple of weeks, but it seems that the um, COVID nineteen mania is never going to end, and it's I guess because it's our beloved experts. Um, they've been uh, on the hard sell, trying to get everybody to take the COVID-19 vaccine, whatever flavor it is, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, whatever it is, they want you to get it. And people like me don't want to get it. You know, I know that they this week they also applied for their application to get formal approval from the FDA. Uh, so these can actually be called approved vaccines instead of authorized vaccines. It seems that they, they they think they have enough data now where the experiment is over and the rest of us uh, should now be forced to take the jab, as they love to say. And because I think it's, it's... There's numbers have been kind of all over the place, but the consensus I've seen is somewhere around 30% of Americans have been vaccinated I heard 50% of adults have been vaccinated. Uh, regardless, there's a big chunk of the United States that's holding off. And they don't know why. You know, it could be that um, maybe people aren't that trusting. They don't want to take an experimental vaccine. They don't want to be part of of the, the biggest clinical trial in the history of mankind. Whatever it is, uh, they're trying to shame you. They're trying to shame you um, into sticking something into your body that you don't want. Uh, From the New York Times, it says, Now more than half of adults in the United States have been inoculated with at least one dose of a vaccine. Daily vaccination rates are slipping. And there's widespread consensus among scientists and public health experts that the herd immunity threshold is not attainable, at least not in the foreseeable future, and perhaps not ever. Instead, they're coming to the conclusion that rather than making a long-promised exit, the virus will the virus the virus will most likely become a manageable threat that will continue to circulate in the United States for years to come, still causing hospitalizations and deaths, but in much smaller numbers. So you're never getting out of it, never. This is the new flu times about 10, and I'm still not convinced. Uh, yeah what was the story I saw? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm stumbling here. Uh, when, when I saw, I saw a story from October 2022, and it, it, I've got it linked on my blog, and it had the estimates of the rate of infection and asymptomatic COVID-19 disease in a population. And this, in this sample, uh, they showed that only uh, 12% get infected, 12% of a population. Now, the study was small. And here it is from the study. This is uh, published on NAH.gov, on, uh, and I do have a link to this on my blog. Uh, it says, we demonstrated a seroprevalence of 12%, 51 pers- participants out of uh, 431, of 48 seropositive individuals with full symptom data. Nine were fully asymptomatic. That's 19% and 16, 27%, were asymptomatic for core COVID-19 symptoms, fever, cough, or insomnia. uh, uh, Specificity of insomnia for seropositivity was 95% compared to 88% for fever, cough, and insomnia combined. uh, combined. 34 individuals in the cohort were predicted to be COVID-19 positive using the APP algorithm, what that is, I don't know, And of those, 18%, 52%, uh, 18, 52% were seropositive. Um, So they showed that out of 431, uh, 51 participants tested positive for COVID-19. 12%. That's it. Out of this group, only 12%. And out of that, um, a full 25 um, were asymptomatic. And then the rest had, had symptoms. So it's it just seems that it's kind of ridiculous that this is where we're headed. So I looked at, at some numbers, and, you know, of course this is just bullshit calculations by me, so trust nothing you hear. Uh, you know, the United States has about 330 million people. About 78% of the population is over the age of 18. So those are the adults. 78% of 330 million. That's 257,400,000. Half of U.S. adults are vaccinated with at least one so-called jab. So 50% of that is 128,700,000. Using numbers from that study, 12% of the unvaccinated adults can get infected. Now, to me, with the way vaccines work, anybody can get infected. It's just a matter of uh, how severe the illness is. A vaccine doesn't protect you from getting infected. All it does is help your body fight the infection. That's what it's supposed to do, prepare you. So anyway, 12%. 12% of the 128,700,000 is 15,444,000. So using other numbers from previous reports in the news, like uh, one I I, uh, talked about last week, uh, where over 99.5% of people that do get infected recover, and 99.5% of 15,444,000 is 15,366,780. So you subtract those. Uh, You subtract the second number from the first, and that means that 77,220 additional people could possibly die from COVID-19. Of the current population that is not vaccinated, you know it sounds like a lot of people, but you know in a bla- in a bad blad, in a bad flu, uh, flu season, uh, that's that's how many people die, uh, you know, and not not to be morbid and not that I want people to die, but we have to look at everything as a personal risk, since there are now vac- uh, vaccinations out there, and if you feel comfortable taking the vaccination. Go get it. Now you are protected. It should not matter to you anymore whether or not I'm vaccinated, whether or not I wear a mask, whether or not I stay distanced from you. If the vaccines are there and the vaccines work, then you really have nothing left to fear. So, you know, are we willing to continue this madness? For what seems now to be another seasonal flu, you know they're going to offer this vaccine every year. It's going to be just like the the flu shots. Come get it. You know, go to Walgreens, go to wherever, and and go get your flu shot. The only thing that I hope is that uh, things do return to some some kind of normal, but I just don't I don't see it with this kind of push. They're just they're just relentless with this and you know they're not gonna be happy until all of us have been vaccinated. And okay, next story is that uh there was a video of President Biden and let me see if I can play this. How much harder compared to the first
1: one hundred days?
2: Well I think in one sense it's easier in that uh it's up to convincing the American people rather than guaranteeing them we'd have the supply for them. So that was really hard. It was really hard to get from, uh, you know, is that old expression, zero to 60 miles an hour. To, it was get v- very hard to get from a very low count to 600 million vaccines and then set up all the logistics. But I think what's going to happen is my prayer that more and more people who get vaccinated are going to be listening to people who they love and are, and, and are around. Shaming you and into it. And they say, why don't you just go ahead and do it? And go there's some it. evidence. We still had a good uh, dose of vaccine being administered the last two weeks, and it's still moving. But we know we're going to get to a place where the doubters exist or the people who just... I'm are, here. I don't want to say lazy, just I'm not lazy. sure how to get to where they want to go. It's going to be hard. So we're going to keep at it. We're going to keep at it. And, uh, and I think the end of the day, um, most people will be convinced by the fact that their failure to get the vaccine Here we go. may cause other people to get sick and maybe die.
0: So that's, that's the logic, He's, <clears throat> I I am not getting a vaccination unless, for some reason, I'm forced to get it, or um, say next year, you know, my wife and I want to travel and go to Europe, you know, it may require that we get a, a vaccination in order to travel. You know, if that's what it takes for me, able to, me to be able to move around and travel freely, you know, whatever, you know, I, I'll take the chance. We'll see. But for my current existence, if I don't have to take it, I don't see any reason that I should, because I'm in a low risk group. I am, uh, 54 years old but I, I'm not obese, I don't have type 2 diabetes, I don't have any other of the comorbidities, as everybody loves to say, that would give me a severe reaction, uh, severe case of COVID. So it's not whether or not I carry it and then I'm going to cause other people to get sick and, and die. If the vaccine is out there, you can get it. If you're worried about COVID-19, if you're worried about Catching SARS, COV2, go get vaccinated, Wear your mask, stay away from me. Whatever it is that you have to do, go do it. Um, because it is up to you to protect yourself as I will protect myself. And I do that by trying to uh, not get obese, trying not to have type 2 diabetes, uh, you know, try to keep myself as healthy as I possibly can. Uh, so you know, I don't have those type of, of complications. Now I'm not saying I'm perfect i'm not saying that I might not get i'm you know i i will never catch covid i'm not 'm not saying it's not real what i'm saying is is that it's not, it's an illness where first not everybody gets infected second, if you do get infected it's an over ninety nine point five percent chance that you will survive it so i don't see the uh necessity for injecting myself with something nobody, um, has ever done before. Nobody's ever used before. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I never, I've never taken the flu shot. I don't take any medications. I don't take any prescription drugs. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke weed. I don't do drugs of any kind. You know, the most powerful thing I take might be an Advil if I get a headache, you know, and that's rare. So if I'm not taking any of these other things, I'm not going to get a vaccine either that I don't need. Anyway, off of COVID, let's move on to, oh, Facebook. Uh, Facebook, Facebook, they banned Trump. And it, all the reporting around the oversight board, the quote-unquote oversight board, it was as if this thing, this organization, is some kind of quasi-governmental uh, body that has the ability to oversee uh you know, basically our, our online lives. It was, it was bizarre. Uh, so he was uh, Trump was deplatformed back, I think it was after the January 6th uh, uh, protest at the Capitol, or as the Democrats like to say, the armed insurrection. After that, uh, he, was, he was banned. And so now this oversight board is going to look into whether or not he can be unbanned. I don't see why he would ever want to go back to Facebook, even if he was unbanned. Even I know he would, he would go back um, because he likes the attention. But what does he need them for? He has his own website. He can produce his own uh, media. You know, he's got enough money where he can he can push out his own message. He doesn't need Twitter. But this oversight board. This crazy-ass oversight board. Uh, so, uh, what the heck is this? So I had, I had, a, I had a post uh, about this, and the oversight board consists of 20 people from all over the world, and they have the final say of whether or not you can talk on Facebook. Facebook. And the funniest thing about the description, these, these people have their pictures, and they have uh, what, you know, what position they have in whatever company or organization that they're part of, so many of them had in their description um, freedom of speech, free speech, freedom of expression as part of their backgrounds. So these people who are deplatforming others are defenders of free speech. How does that work? I don't get it. I don't see how you can uh deplatform somebody and call that free speech. I've looked at all um uh, most of what Trump has said and I've seen I watched his uh his speech on January 6th at that rally. There was nothing in there that called for violence or vandalism or breaking into the Capitol. Nothing. I know what everyone has been told, but I watched it for myself. Things like that I watched for myself because what you're being told is not the truth. Anyway, here's the opening paragraph from the quote-unquote oversight board. As its community grew to more than 2 billion people, it became increasingly clear to the Facebook company that it should, shouldn't be making so many decisions about speech and online safety on its own. The Oversight Board was created to help Facebook answer some of the most difficult questions around freedom of expression online, what to take down, what to leave up, and why. Let's repeat that. Freedom of expression online, and then the first thing is what to take down. I think if you go to Facebook right now, you can find all kinds of objectional material uh, that uh, their algorithms don't catch. It goes on to say the board uses its independent judgment to support people's rights, uh, people's right to free expression, and ensure those rights are being adequately respected. The board's decision to uphold or reverse Facebook's content decisions will be binding, meaning Facebook will have to implement them unless doing so could violate the law again uh, they are the independent judgment that supports people's right to free expression and ensure those rights are being adequately respected how does that mesh with them keeping trump off the platform you know i don't want this to sound like i'm a trump supporter i'm not a trump supporter i did vote for him in in 2020 but I did not vote for him in 2016 20, uh, yeah, 2016. You know, I, I, I firmly believe that if he did not get elected in 2016, we wouldn't be where we are today, because the, the hatred for Trump drove all of this madness. the crazy hate, hatred for Trump. So to me, uh, the answer to freedom of expression online is to adhere to the principle of legal speech. Nothing Trump said was illegal. If it were, he would have been prosecuted. So if, if he's not saying anything illegal, then he shouldn't be deplatformed. So if he was, in fact, promoting killing people or uh, the uh, you know wanton destruction of property, then they're justified in removing him or removing the offending posts. But if he's giving his opinion on the 2020 election, and whether or not he believes it was stolen from him, he's well within his rights to say it. There's nothing illegal about saying, I believe the 2020 election was stolen. So, to make matters even crazier with the Oversight Board, I love the name Oversight Board, they just call themselves Oversight Board. You know, they even have OversightBoard.com. I wonder how much they had to pay for that one. It had to be taken before they they launched that thing. So there's an opener description where they talk about the case. That was my shoulder cracking. Uh, Elections are a crucial part of democracy. On January 6, 2021, during the counting of the 2020 electoral votes, a mob forcibly entered the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., This violence threatened the constitutional process. Five people died and many more were injured during the violence. During these events, then-President Donald Trump posted two pieces of content. That's the opening paragraph. So they should oversee their own content because what they just said was a lie. And it needs to be flagged as fake news. Five people did not die during the January 6th protest. One person for sure died, Ashley Babbitt. She was shot. And maybe two, uh, because I know there was somebody who was trampled that day. But everybody else um, who died died for other reasons, not because of anything that was happening. Uh, they may have been at the January 6th rally, but their deaths didn't occur because of the January 6th protest. So it's fake. It's it's fake and it's a lie. And the fact that some so-called oversight board uh, can lie about it is crazy. There's a great video. um, It's a 12-minute video, so I'm not going to play it. I'm already 22 minutes into this longer than I thought I was going to be able to talk. uh, By Tucker Carlson. And I have the video on my website, kevinbay.com. My last name is spelled B as boy, A-E. And you can play that. And he goes through it. Uh, I can't remember what date it was that he did this. But he goes through everybody who died. And aside from Ashley Babbitt and maybe one person that was trampled, the rest of it is just pure fiction. And the oversight board, really, they should be deplatformed for, for lying. What else do we have here? Oh, in, I'm from Chicago, and I, you know, I keep paying attention to the news in Chicago, so I read the Chicago Tribune and I watch uh, things that come across the regular news uh, for my hometown area, because you know I grew up there and I just moved to Georgia, but you know I'm still very much a Chicagoan very attached to the place, just not attached to the taxes or the politics. Uh, this is another COVID-19 story, and what was interesting is that uh, there was a family there, and their mother was in intensive care uh, with COVID-19. She had to be intubated, so she was on a respirator. And the family was worried that she's going to die. So what they did was is they were requesting to the hospital that they administer uh, ivermectin, and the hospital refused. So they haven't been able to make her better. She's been sick for a month, and she's been in the ICU for a month. So what the family did was, is they, they sued. And the, the funny thing is, okay, it was a Fox 32 story. And the opening paragraph of their story, they con- they contradict themselves. Uh, here it goes. The, the opening paragraph is, The first dose of ivermectin was administered by Elmhurst Hospital Monday night, Three days after a judge ordered the hospital to honor a family's request to treat their mother, now here's here's the contradiction: the hospital never um, administered the drug. What they did was is they allowed an outside doctor to come in and and administer the ivermectin and whatever other cocktails go along with that. So here's how they kind of clean it up. The hospital initially refused to give the 68-year-old the drug in defiance of a judge's orders, but her daughter said on Monday night they reversed course and allowed an outside doctor to come in and administer the drug to her mother. And they, the, the uh, Fox 32 Chicago story, they went out of their way to point out that um, ivermectin is not an approved drug by the FDA for the treatment of COVID. So what everybody needs to know is none of the vaccines as of today are approved either for the treatment of COVID. They're authorized. They're authorized under emergency use. But if you go and read the emergency use authorization, it tells you in there that they are not approved vaccines and that there is no, this is quoting from uh, the emergency use authorization. There is no U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved vaccine to prevent COVID-19. That's from the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 emergency use authorization document from the FDA's website, and I have a link to it. Uh, The station did do a follow-up on that story, and they said that after the first dose, the ventilator ventilator has been reduced from 75% to 65%, and supposedly she's improving. And the family says that they hope that, uh, that she will get a dose of the ivermectin, everyday until recovery and i looked yesterday i did not have a chance to look today to see if there's an update but i know as of yesterday i didn't see any updates uh on i can't pronounce her name it looks like Narije fipe or fipe f y p e um i don't so i don't know if she's recovered or doing better uh, because there's nothing i'm I'm searching right now, and I don't see any updates on that story whatsoever. The latest story is from three days ago, which is the story that I'm reporting on now so nothing new i hope hope there's an update and I hope that drug worked and that that family's out of trouble. I think let's see what what else did I have oh well, I got uh this guy here who wants to shun me what the heck's this guy's name i never heard of him i was uh scrolling around through twitter and somebody tweeted this guy's video talking about shunning but you know i i'm i'm totally immune to shunning you can try to peer pressure me all you want all day long into trying, uh, into getting me to do anything, and it will not work. If it, it, you know, it's one of those things that when you push hard on me for something I don't want to do, I will push even harder back. I've never been a person that has been uh, accepting of peer pressure. You know, that's why you know I I don't drink today. I I never do drugs. I've never even smoked pot. I've been around it all. I've been offered it ten million times. You know, I've been at parties where people were passing around joints and people like, what, it, you know, I've even had people tell me like the classic, what are you afraid? And I was like, no, I just don't do it. It's not for me. So if my own peer group can't peer pressure me into doing things I don't want to do, nutbags like this guy, what the heck is his name? He's on CNN. He's got some CNN thing. I never heard of him because I don't watch CNN. Michael smirk so i guess he's got some crazy show or something let me see if i can get gotten
1: vaccinated are remaining tight-lipped so the question is because this now impacts all of us in order for us to get to herd immunity we need a lot more people to start getting vaccinated but as you just heard from that description and from other data a lot of folks just aren't going to do it that's me um here's an option there was (laughs) <laughs> a USA Today essay that comes was published by a former prosecutor named Michael Stern. And I discussed this briefly on radio yesterday. He says, a radio show. we've got to shun folks. Shun we've got to shun people into getting
2: shun vaccinated.
1: Me. He writes the following. Biden's wildly successful vaccine rollout means that soon everyone who wants a vaccine will have one. So when that happens it. restaurants, movie theaters, gyms, barbers, airlines and Ubers should require proof of vaccination before providing their services. We've already reached that tipping point where it's now not even an supply vaccine, buddy. is greater than demand. In Philadelphia, it was reported just blocks from where I'm broadcasting today at the Pennsylvania Convention Center, which is a mass vaccination site, that they had 4000 extra doses on Thursday this morning, Take a few LA extra. Times maybe you'll be has a big story and double I'm, I'm protected sure like a double mask footage uh, from the last several weeks and months of Dodger Stadium and the long lines and the mass vaccination. No more. no more. Their supply also has outstripped demand. I mean, sooner or later, supply was going to outstrip demand. But we hoped that would happen when everybody was getting vaccinated.
0: What an asshat. If you're vaccinated, this is why the pushback, this is why people are reluctant. What is the logic here? If you're vaccinated and and you believe the vaccine is effective, and it may be, what are you afraid of? If you get the flu shot, don't you walk around not afraid of the flu? The vaccinations we get as kids from measles, mumps, rubella, you know, are you afraid of those? Chicken pox? I didn't get the chicken pox vaccine when I was a kid. I caught it as an adult. But now, you know, I've had chicken pox, I guess it's I'm at risk at shing- for shingles. I I haven't received my shingles vaccine, although I tried to apply for it a while back. But I don't live my life in fear of, of getting shingles. I don't live my life in fear of catching the flu. I certainly don't live my life in fear of getting COVID. So, you know, the logic here is that if you're vaccinated, what the hell are you worried about? Go out. Go do stuff. Stop trying to pressure people into doing things that they don't want to do. These people are all crazed. Go, go get your vaccine, get, get a second one, and then uh, you know wear your double mask and you won't catch anything from me. Uh, my last story of the week is my money. Where is my money? I filed my tax return, and I filed it uh, back in March. The IRS has received it. I filed electronically. It still says it's processing. They're holding my money. It's, uh, you know, I I don't often get refunds, but I have a refund coming. And they're holding it. I got nothing. From the Wall Street Journal, um, I guess... There's tons of problems. Here's here's the story. Uh, this year, a host of problems rooted in the COVID-19 pandemic have led to unprecedented customer service problems at the IRS, as as if the IRS was known for great customer service. They include delayed processing and refunds for millions of 2019 and 2020 returns, a frustrating inability to reach the IRS by phone, and 260,000 notices saying taxpayers failed taxpayers failed to file 2019 returns when. They likely had, among other things, when they likely had... That, that doesn't even make sense. 260,000 notices saying taxpayers failed to file 2019 returns when they likely... Oh, okay. When they likely had filed the returns, among other things. Tax professionals who have dedicate, who have a dedicated phone line to the agency are also frustrated. Even with a special line, it's hard to get the IRS on the phone. And it's taking months to resolve issues that should take weeks, said Jan Lewis, a CPA with Hanex Reed in Jacksonville, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Why they're quoting some CPA from Jackson, Mississippi, I don't know. Must be a friend of the writer of the story. And uh, so I have a, oh, you know what? I forgot the link to the story. I have Wall Street Journal, but I didn't link link it. Anyway, so you would think with the overabundance of money that the federal government has been printing... For everything under the sun. That they would have enough money to wire me my refund. When are they going to do that? I'd like to have it. I could use it. I'm I'm building uh, raised beds in my backyard because I don't have a garden. Uh, I had a big garden back in my house in Chicago. So now I'm building this garden here. And I could use the money to buy some supplies. I need some soil. I need some plants. Please. Joe Biden. Get off the stick and get me my money. Anyway. That, my friends, is all I've got. And again, this is a podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast. I'll have transcripts, hopefully some uh, chapters and chapter images. Maybe by tomorrow. I just have to have have time to make it. The transcript should be up later but chapters takes me a little bit of time. Hopefully I can find interesting stories next week that don't cover COVID. I'm really getting so sick of COVID but seems to be all there is have a good week everybody adios not mofo just adios